He goes like guest host a bunch. That's a, that's a good first impression. That you made well, yeah, stuff. he gets to be around Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Been around Mike Giardi, same sort of drill. Tyson Giardi. I don't know who he is. Oh, that's you. Sorry, I didn't know your last name. What's the biggest challenge you going against uh, Joe Burrow and this uh, Bengals offense? The biggest, or just name them all? Just name them all. Yeah. Uh, their skill group. I mean, um, I think across the board, you know, probably the best group. Um, when you talk about Higgins, Chase, Boyd, and, you know, it looks like Hurst will probably be back this week healthy. So, um, and then you got P. Ryan and, and Mixon. So, you don't get a break. You don't get a break if, if Barrow turns around and hands the ball off, if he throws a two-yard route. Um, it's just it's constant pressure. And I think you watch that when you see their games. Like, even last week against Tampa, seemed like Tampa's playing pretty good defense in the first half, a couple turnovers in the second half. They get the ball, you know, four times at midfield. Um, that's a tough offense to stop, you know, over and over again. And, you know, you look up, you know, there's 23 points in a hurry um, in that game just like that. So um, they just put a ton of pressure on you, I think, all game um, because the ability of Burrow to throw the ball downfield to make the right reads, but also for him to just throw one of the RPO slants and one of these guys breaks two or three tackles and now they're off to the races. So uh, throughout the whole season, um, you've seen that they've been they've been productive uh, in you know throwing the ball deep downfield, whether it's the nine route outside or back shoulder throw, um, or like I said, throwing a short pass and guys breaking tackles, um, and then they just do a good job, you know, using their backs either in the run game, the screen game, um, just doing different things. You know, I think creates a ton of pressure for a defense uh, for all sixty minutes. Hey, Deb, you've you've played against some very very good receivers, you know, in your career and this year, Jamar Chase certainly one of them. But I want to take it a little bit further. Some receivers have a certain chemistry with certain quarterbacks that just make them even more dangerous. It seems that Chase has that type of chemistry with Burrow. Yeah, I mean, but I would say all of them. You know, when you watch this group, you know, you watch the Cleveland game where uh, Higgins and Boyd are out. Yeah, you can see the connection. And, you know, Chase is inside, he's outside. Um, it's throwing, you know, the tear screen. Like, it's it's all across the board. So when you watch that game, you're like, man, this QB and this receiver, like, they're unstoppable. But then you turn on other games, he's throwing, like, in the Kansas City game at the end of the game to really seal the game. He goes to Higgins on, you know, a slant-type end cut. Um, so I think that, that chemistry that you see, you know, I think obviously Jamar Chase and Burrow get talked about a lot because it's college to pro. Um, but I would say really across the board, you know, even as we watch the third down uh, cut-ups, you know, Chase has eight targets, Higgins has eight targets, then Boyd has seven, and Hurst has five, and Hurst is in two games. So, like, when you watch that, it lets you know he'll throw the ball to anybody else out on the field. And I think that's what really makes it tough on a defense. You know, you've seen defenses try to double chase or, you know, add a guy or lean to his side. He just throws the ball to the other guys, and those other guys will kill you. So... Um, I think I think that's the biggest thing, you know. I, I think from a non-media standpoint, from watching them as a competitor and playing against them, it jumps off the screen. The ability to just get the ball to anybody that's out there on the field. Yeah, when you look at this stretch of games that you had through the last three weeks of the regular season: Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. How big is this stretch for you guys, and how challenging are these next three weeks going to be for you? It's the season. I mean, 
you want to make the playoffs, you got to beat three playoff teams. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, and I think at this point in the season, if you had a chance of playing the playoffs, I think everybody looks at the remainder of their season that way. Like, no one wants to go in. If you do make the playoffs, you don't want to go in. We I've been here before when you go in kind of losing more than, than you win towards the end of the season is not a good feeling. So um, I think, you know, for us, if we want to be, you know, want to have – an extended season after the regular season, we got to beat playoff teams, and um, that just is what it is. That's the the way our schedule is. So um, we got to take each opponent one at a time, and you know I think starting this week, huge challenge, short week. You know, going against a team not only is a good team, but I would say probably playing their best football of the year so far during this stretch. Uh, so we're going to get a team that's going to come in here, you know, kind of hot and playing really well. The captains are speaking today at the podium. Is there anything more to being a captain? This week, in your mind, after what happened on Sunday? No, I talk every Wednesday. <laughs> no, but I mean, just for the sense of kind of, you know, it looks like that message is being said. I know you talk every Wednesday, but just uh, I don't. Do you take I'm... any more responsibility as a captain because you've been through yeah. so much? Um, I kind of take that on every day. I feel like uh, I feel like as a person, whether you're a captain on a football team or you're a father, um, you take on those responsibilities. Even an older brother of, you know. You've experienced a lot, you know, there's going to be uh, a, your, your daughter, your son, your little brother, a, nie a niece, a nephew, we're going to look at you uh, and see what you do. So um, I think obviously, you know, we had a bad game and it ended, you know, not the way we wanted. Um, but I would say leadership wise, I would say all the guys that's going to talk today have done that all year. Um, and I think that's what's important of understanding you don't. You can't change because you think the moment now is bigger. Like you have to be consistent. I think that's what leadership's about. Um, so that's coming out here today, energized, laughing, joking, um, having a good time, enjoying playing football. And I think that's what's important. Um, nothing we did last week is going to help us this week. Nothing we did two weeks ago is going to help. And nothing we do this week is going to, you know, prepare us for next week. Like we'll have to take next week as it comes. So um, I think each one of those guys understands that and. You know, it's always our job, but, you know, even like I spoke about after the game, if your team's only led by the five or six captains you have, it's going to be a tough season. Um, and I think for us, we have a lot of guys that have great leadership qualities that aren't captains, but that we lean on to to run other rooms and to be the leaders in that room, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. Um, and I think that's solidified, and we need all those guys. We need everyone uh, to step up and, you know, assume those roles. And, you know, I think most – more importantly than anything, we need Saturday for everybody to come out and play their best game of the year. Devin, as the season gets to the crucial moments, obviously you guys aren't playing the well the way you'd hoped. As a leader, do you have to be wary of guys turning on each other in the locker room or turning on the coaches too? No, I mean, I think it, it is what it is. If you're still in it, we get paid to play football. So if you're going to pay me to play football, I'm going to try to win. And I think that's what it comes down to. But... You know, I think we all seen like every team, you know, every team is not in the same situation. You know, there's some teams right now that are going to play three games. That's not going to matter. You know, are they going to turn on each other or the coaches? I don't know. They're going to show up either win or lose and they know their season's over. Um, so I think no matter what, there's going to be realities of the situation. And right now we're still in it. So I don't I don't worry about, you know, guys turning on each other or, or the coaching staff. Um, honestly, I think that's more like articles that, you know, people write in. Um, you know, if I was a fan, I would enjoy reading that stuff too. It's like a, a look inside the locker room. So um, whether it's true or not doesn't really matter. I think it's it's what goes on, and we're in that situation now where you know we're seven and seven. So there's some good in there, there's some bad in there. It's it's exactly what it is. It's 500. It's 
you know, kind of mediocrity. So um, I think our goal is to take the good that's in that seven and seven, the good throughout this season, and see if we can put that each play uh, for the rest of the season. And, you know, that's really, I think, what it comes down to when you watch these games at the end of the year. It's how can you be the best, not just for like a quarter, like each and every single play um, will determine your season. And I think that's where we're at. Um, but I don't think I don't think this team is a I don't think we have the type of guys and character wise uh, to turn and and be like man it's his fault it's not, like we're just gonna go out there and play football. Mistakes that were involved uh, Sunday and the unique ending. Say what, what was the beginning? Was there what? The stakes <coughs> that oh, the were involved Sunday. You know, just your eyes, postseason, all those different things versus having to basically win out like you alluded to. Um, has there been anything different about the way the team has moved on? in the last couple of days from that loss relative to maybe other tough losses you know, you've had over your career? No, not really. I think that's the the insane thing about being an athlete. You know, I sat up here, what was that, two weeks ago before we left for Arizona. I was like, man, really, we got to win all these games. And we lose and we come back and we say, you know, man, really, we got to win all these games. <laughs> I think that's just, you know, that's just what we do. Like, I'm unique. I would, I'm, I'm a twin of a guy who went 0-16 and is a Super Bowl champ. So... Like, I remember talking to him during the 0-16 year, and he was like, you know, the crazy thing is, he was like, each week we thought we were going to win. And I think that's what it means to be an athlete, to be a competitor, um, not even just an athlete, just to be competitive in any situation, you know, no matter what you think you're going to win. You know, when David went, went against Goliath, no one thought he, but he thought he would win. Um, and that's what we're going to do, like, no matter what. Like, I'm telling you, I said it. We probably can pull up the transcript that we need to win out. And we lost. And I'm still going to tell you, we need to win out. And because we still have an opportunity, we still have a chance to be in a postseason. I think that's what you play for, and that's what you play to. Um, no matter what the situation is, you continue to just press forward uh, and grind it out. And I think that's what we're going to do. You're just embracing the insanity, doing the same thing. <coughs> you, got, you have to embrace insanity. I learned that in college. <laughs> Doesn't make sure it's not healthy. But. <laughs>